I invite us to remain standing for the reading of our gospel passage this morning. It is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, beginning verse 1 through verse 11. Here now reading the good news. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was banished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, Pray yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All of these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. And this is the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Can you see it? Well, good morning. Everybody's awake. It's good. It is uh, good to be here with you this morning as we um, enter this season of Lent. It's our first Sunday in Lent, and we have read some powerful, um, sometimes familiar, and sometimes not familiar or easy scripture passages this morning. And we have in front of us these temptations. And as a sermon series we're calling Chains invites us to consider these three temptations that face Jesus in the wilderness. The temptations that face Adam and Eve in the garden. The temptation that we face as humanity because of our fallen natures. And the good news is that God is with us. And God has sent His Son that we might be justified in spite of our sinfulness. That is a powerful word for us this morning. As we, can, as we enter the season of Lent, as we begin this season of fasting and contemplation, this season of discipline and concentration on our relationship with God and our relationships with one another. It's a wonderful season. It's a powerful season. And not always easy. This morning we wanted to talk about our temptations, those chains of desire and need that we face every day. We all have temptations. This morning I asked our 9 o'clock service, what kind of temptations are you aware of? What kind of temptations do you face? And it got really quiet. And so I give us a way out. What temptations do you know people deal with? Easy ones. Not the deep, hard ones. 
What are some of the temptations that you are aware of? You're as quiet as nine o'clock. Sweets. Sweets. Overeating. Overeating. Others? Greed. 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 Right? Thinking. Somebody mentioned phones this morning. That's one. My temptation is to leave it at home every opportunity. And my children is to never be without it. I guess it's a generational thing. But I face temptations. We all face temptations. You know, one of my um, temptations is sweets. I I love chocolate. And back in 2003, um, it was getting close to... um, Valentine's Day, and I was in school in seminary um, in Atlanta. I was traveling back and forth between Dothan and Atlanta. And on my way home uh, the day before, I said, I'll just go by. Valentine's Day is coming up. I need to go by and get something for Leanne. And so I went to uh, a Lent chocolatier store to get some truffles, some Lent truffles. We both love truffles. And so I got an assortment of truffles, some dark chocolate, some white chocolate, some uh, milk chocolate, and different types of truffles from the store in the, in the mall, and then took them home, put them in the van. I was driving a van that year, and so we, I drove home, and Valentine's Day came, and Leanne said, it's Valentine's Day. I said, yeah. Remember those truffles I gave you? She said, no. You didn't give me any truffles? I said, sure. I, I got a, an assortment of truffles from the Lent store. She said, no. And so I had to think back. What did I do with those truffles? It's a long ride home. Temptation can be hard on the road. The assortment of truffles never made it home. Ooh. We all face temptation. Some of them are easy. Some of them are simple and shallow temptations. And some of them are more difficult, hard, and deep-seated. And today we have all three in front of us. But to really understand what's going on here in this pericope, this very strange uh, passage, these 11 verses, if we were to pull this section out and just set it in front of us and read it, it would be a very odd read. Why would the Son of God be tempted by anything? The Son of God can do anything. What is the temptation? But here we have it. We have three temptations that Jesus faces while he's in the wilderness. To kind of get an understanding of what's going on here, we need to back up a little bit. We need to go back to chapter 3. And as chapter 3 closes out, we hear this powerful phrase. As Jesus comes up out of the water of the Jordan River, the skies are parted, the clouds part, and this voice declares, You are my Son, the Beloved. And in verse 1 of chapter 4, we read that the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted 
by the devil. This is informative. This tells us a little bit more about what is going on. What is the purpose? Why is this passage, why is this episode even included? How is it that the Son of God is tempted? And the truth is, he's tempted like we are. That first temptation, after 40 days and 40 nights, the scriptures tell us he is famished. Of course, he is hungry. He's exhausted. He's whipped. And the tempter comes and says, If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into loaves of bread. That seems simple enough. He's hungry. He's been disciplined and practicing fasting for 40 days. Surely, surely he can have a loaf of bread. Who doesn't love bread? But there's more in this temptation. It's more than just about the food, about him being hungry, him being famished, him being exhausted, him being in need. This temptation goes much deeper If we look at the phrasing of the temptation, we see the challenge. The tempter asked Jesus, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones to loaves of bread. The attack isn't on Jesus' hunger. The attack, the challenge, is on Jesus' identity. Who is Jesus? If you're the Son of God, prove it. Turn these stones into loaves of bread. Show me. Show yourself who you are if you're the Son of God. The second temptation is very similar. When the tempter says, if you are the Son of God... Throw yourself down from the pinnacle of this temple, the seat, the center of everything Jewish and the Jewish religion and culture. Throw yourself down from here. The scriptures tell you that even even you, your God will hold you up on his angel's hands, that not even your foot will be dashed. You won't even receive a bruise. Just throw yourself down if you're the son of God. Again, this was... The surface is a show of power, a show of who he is. But the challenge is is in Jesus' identity. And that identity is revealed in chapter 3. Jesus is the Son of God, the Beloved. And being led out into this wilderness, he's invited to concentrate to pray, to fast, to be disciplined, to focus on his relationship with God, the Father. That's his purpose for being there. Everything else is just noise. And everything else for Jesus is at a side note. His focus, his center is on God the Father his relationship to his Father in heaven. 
all these temptations, these three incredibly powerful temptations challenge a breakdown of that relationship. Anything to get in between the father and his son. Certainly, Jesus could have turned stones into bread. He fed thousands of people with very little next to nothing. In chapter 14 of Matthew. Certainly, he could have shown his power and his identity by throwing himself off that pinnacle and not even bruised his foot. He proved himself later when he walked on water. He could have done that. But he didn't. Certainly in this last temptation, when the tempter doesn't use the, the phrase, if you are the Son of God, he just says, I will show you all that can be yours, all the kingdoms and the powers of this world and their glory, their splendor. It can all be yours if you'll just bow down and worship me. To have the power of the world. To have the kingdoms of this world at his feet. He could have had that. He has that. And he tells his disciples so in chapter 28 when he tells his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The challenge that we have in these temptations is not in the wording of if you are the Son of God, turn stones to bread, throw yourself from the pinnacle of the temple, worship me, and receive this power. No, the temptation and the challenge was in his relationship to his Father. That's, that's the challenge that we all have. That's the temptation that we all face every day. There's a wonderful uh, interview I heard years ago. And it was with Bruce Springsteen, who I really enjoy as a songwriter and a performer. And he uh, was being interviewed, and he began to talk about how he is as a parent, how he is as a father, and he has these children. And, and the interviewer was like, so tell me, what's it like? How do you, how do you approach parenthood now that you're you know, so successful and... Now your children are grown. Are grown. How, did, how did that go for you? And he said, well, he said, I, I always struggle with how, how to be the best parent I could be. How much should I give my parent or my children? How much should I make them work? I mean, should I, should I indulge them or should I make them work like I had to work? Make them earn, make them understand how much effort it takes to be successful. Should I hold back? Make them earn everything. I struggled with that. And I talked about it with a friend of mine, Bruce says, and he said, you know, my friend, he kind of laughed at me and he said, you know, you give them all you can give them. And the world will take care of the rest. Because the world will. The world will bring darkness. It'll bring brokenness. It'll bring challenge and temptations. And Bruce, as a parent, should give all he can give. This interview informs me a little bit about how to understand what's going on here in this wilderness for Jesus. Jesus, who could have done and did 
take care of his own needs, to take care of others' needs. Put others' needs in front of his own. Put our needs in front of his own. Understood that every need was dealt with. Every desire and need was handled by his Father in heaven. All good gifts come from God. He understood that. He believed that. He trusted that. He depended upon that. Anything else was a distraction and a challenge to his relationship with God. And I think that's the lesson for us. As we read this temptation story, it's about Jesus' identity and understanding how he relates to God, our Father in heaven. And that's how we are to model ourselves, our lives, after Jesus in the wilderness. That no matter what we are capable and able to do, we have to understand, we have to relate to God who does provide all that we have. Life itself, grace, love, and light, life comes from God. Jesus understood that. Jesus depended and trusted in that gift. And that's our example. That's our model is to have that same identity as children of God. Children who trust and depend, utterly depend upon God's grace. That's the challenge we face. Those are the temptations of desire and need. Is that even when we have our needs met, know that we are still utterly dependent upon our Heavenly Father, God. So as we make our way through this Lenten journey this year, I hope we all will spend time fasting from some of these temptations like chocolate and truffles, potato chips and corn chips, phones and time, and focus on our relationship with God and focus on our relationship with others. As we come to understand and, de- and grow deeper in our relationship with God, our Father, we will grow in our relationship with each other. We will come to deny ourselves to offer ourselves to others. And that's what we learn in the wilderness with Jesus. That's what we learn in Lent. And that's how we're called to live and identify. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.